All right, hello everybody. Today is Friday. Another Anything Goes Friday. Welcome to the show. Today is the day when any subject is fair game, but just to drop a couple of quick announcements before we begin. The first is that next week will be devoted to the Long Island Serial Killer. Monday through Friday we'll be covering that subject, so Zodiac Mondays, the AMA, and the Anything Goes segment will all be covering the Long Island Serial Killer but the following week, things will go back to a much n more normal setting here on Black Box Online Radio. And now's a great time to like and subscribe if you want to follow along with all of these things here. The next thing to say is that if you would like to download this show for free, you can go to Launchpad 1. There's a link to that in the description box. You can download the audio as a pure podcast, take it on the go anywhere and anyhow. One more time. Launchpad 1 under the same name, Black Box Online Radio, and another great way to support the channel in addition to just listening to some other episodes, different types of content. That's the best way to support the channel, but another way is to visit the Teespring page. There are some t-shirts available, almost all sizes and colors are listed, and remember, being weird is not a crime. Also, at some point this summer, I will be releasing a book, Killer on a White Horse, by me, Ned Dahan. It is a novel, but it was definitely inspired by some real-life true crime events, so that will be coming out soon, and I'll make some more announcements about that. And if you're listening to this in the future, please feel free to check out the Long Island Serial Killer episodes, as well as the novel Killer on a White Horse, and everything else. Lots of things in the description box that are available. Today we're going to be discussing the book-slash-podcast-slash-audible original The Last Days of August by John Ronson. Last year on the channel, I did one episode about the suicide of adult entertainer August Ames, and I knew that I wanted to learn more about this subject. And there was something that caught my eye that the biggest piece of work that had been put out on the life and death of August Ames was The Last Days of August by John Ronson. He is perhaps most famous for his um, work, The Psychopath Test, and you could even see him do it, doing the uh, TED Talks on psychopathy. He has one out called Strange Answers to the Psychopath Test, John Ronson. But I knew that I wanted to um, read this one. However, it is really something that is ahead of its time. It's like an audiobook. It's like a podcast. And in many sources, they um, they sometimes refer to it as just that. Sometimes an audiobook, sometimes a podcast. And I say that because while there's a lot of narration from John Ronson and he's giving his personal views on the subjects, there are also lots of interviews that are played, like the actual audio of the people are played on the episodes, or in the chapters, I should say. So it's a little bit of both, and I think that we're going to experience a lot more of these audible originals that are a little bit podcast, a little bit audiobook. But for the uh, purposes of this recording here, I will be referring to it as the book, The Last Days of August by John Ronson. August Ames was an adult entertainer who was born... Mercedes Grabowski on August 23, 1994, in Nova Scotia, Canada, and she passed away on December 5, 2017, at the age of 23, in California. She died after tying a slipknot to make a noose and hanged herself from a tree that was um, during an approaching storm. 
tampering and a storm that was approaching, rather, and a lot of controversy surrounded the death of August Ames, what had prompted her to take her life, especially the circumstances surrounding everything. And if you haven't heard this um, audiobook, The Last Days of August by John Ronson, that's fine, you can keep listening. This is not a traditional book discussion or a traditional book review. This is just looking at some of the ideas that are in this audiobook and just giving a response to them. So please feel free to keep listening, but I would invite you all to check it out. It's available on Audible, The Last Days of August by John Ronson. When I did the episode on the suicide of August Ames here on this channel last year, I was discussing a conventionally and perhaps widely held belief that August Ames committed suicide after she had received a barrage of trolls cyberbullying her, interfering with her mental state, sending her very nasty messages, and accusing her of being homophobic. August Ames had made a very bold statement when she said that she did not want to perform adult scenes with someone who had previously done gay porn. And also in the porn industry, I found that something that was left out of this um, audiobook was that many male porn actors do gay on straight porn. And the articles that I was referencing in The Suicide of August Ames, which you can hear on Black Box Online Radio, was talking more about that, that even straight men are going to be involved in the gay porn industry doing those gay on straight scenes. So the famous thing that is surrounded the death of August Ames is that she simply said that she did not want to do scenes with men who had previously done gay porn because of the standards of STI checking in the gay porn industry. The straight porn industry and the gay porn industry have different methodologies that they use and different rules for screening for STIs. In the gay porn industry, if condoms protection are being used, then they forego the STI checks and then they will just do the scene using protection, using a condom. So in between that or previously, if someone had contracted an STI, had an infection, and they didn't know it, then they could give it to somebody later on. So um, it was totally just about a health concern or just, it was actually raising awareness of this very... Um, ineffective method that they're using in the gay porn industry. And that was my original response. And I would still stand by something that I said back in 2020 that that doesn't sound outrageous at all. It doesn't sound like something that should even be controversial, just saying, hey, this part of the industry has a different standard when it comes to screening for STIs. Just game over. I mean, like, the let's close the book on that one. That doesn't seem like an outrageous comment at all, but it was the manner in which August Ames went about it. And I'll read one of the tweets that, quote-unquote, got her into trouble. August Ames posted, Whichever lady performers replacing me tomorrow for Erotica X News, you're shooting with a guy who has shot gay porn, just to let you know. BS is all I can say. Agents really do not care about who they're representing. I do my homework for my body. And... That is definitely presenting the idea in one of the harshest ways possible. And my initial response to August Ames was that 
I can understand where she's coming from, and if anything, I would have agreed with her, except she's presenting the idea in a way that is almost guaranteed to give backlash, and guaranteed to give or to generate a very, very negative response. It's not only what you say, but it's also how you say it. This statement was addressed in the last days of August by her now-widowed husband, Kevin, who said, August Ames wasn't even that concerned about the health factors in this, and I found that quite surprising, because if you just read up on Google about um, the death of August Ames, you'll see something that is quite similar to what I had just laid out, that talking about the health standards in the gay porn industry, and he said no, she wasn't concerned about contracting something. She also primarily did not want to shoot a scene with a man who was mostly a homosexual meaning a gay guy who was um, bisexual in some ways, or a guy who was predominantly gay because she thought he wouldn't be genuinely attracted to her. And even though it is pornography, she still wanted to do scenes with men who were genuinely attracted to her and whom she was genuinely attracted to. And this um, expanded into something else about how does somebody have the right to refuse to have sex with someone? for any reason. And um, even if they want to say something that would seem discriminatory to other people, I mean, would she not have the right to refuse anybody? Like, does she even need a reason to say, I don't want to have sex with someone from any type of demographic? Granted, she might have to deal with the backlash on social media, which apparently got out of control in some ways. But there was a very big discussion that... Um, it's, it just really enters into a different gray area thing. I can completely back her on this um, notion of how they have different standards in the gay porn industry for screening for STIs. whole thing about how she simply wanted to refuse a man who was bisexual or a man who was predominantly gay but still wanted to do scenes with women. That one, I think, is a little bit uncertain. And without August here to give her side of the story, I would even want to refrain from discussing it. The next point is, there are other tweets that were sent to her and other um, forms of uh, cyberbullying that she received. A very famous one is from a guy named Jackson Wheeler, and they discussed this one very thoroughly in The Last Days of August by John Ronson. This is even referred to as the cyanide tweet, and it says, August Ames, Triple X. The world is awaiting your apology or for you to swallow a cyanide pill. Either or will take it. So you can see where that's going. That is everything short of telling August Ames to kill herself. And yes, August did commit suicide by hanging. But what they did uncover in the last days of August is this tweet here, which has been heavily cited as perhaps the most famous example of August Ames being cyberbullied, was written three hours after she had committed suicide. There's no possible way that August had ever read this or even had any idea of this. Now, longtime BPOR listeners will perhaps know what I would say in response to uh, somebody receiving a barrage of taunting messages, a barrage of cyberbullying messages, a barrage of unfriendly, unwanted trolling nasty messages, and then going on to commit suicide. 
while I completely reject anyone who ever cyberbullies anyone or anyone who is using the internet just to spread nastiness, misery, and unfriendly, unwanted speech. Instead, if someone is going to go to the length of committing suicide because they've received this wave of nasty messages, that person almost certainly has a pre-existing mental condition. And this is what the focus of the last days of August gets into. It really explores um, that question, who is responsible for the death of August Ames? Is it just her? Or is it the cyber bullies, like the online trolls? Or is it the porn industry for not being aware of her pre-existing mental conditions and putting people into dangerous situations? So as far as um, a mental state, while well, well, someone in the last days of August, as I said, they have like interviews with people, someone suggested that August Ames may have had bipolar disorder. They're, they weren't a doctor talking. But it sounds like August Ames was dealing with some very intense mental health issues, and they were not being treated. And if anything, things were getting worse and worse. But um, And that ultimately led to her suicide. Another question that they tried to explore in the last days of August is, she had that husband named Kevin, as I mentioned. He had a previous wife who had also attempted suicide. And she was dealing with a variant of schizophrenia that I've never heard before. I don't want to call her a schizophrenic because um, that is perhaps not the appropriate term, but she did attempt suicide. However, um, that suicide attempt was not successful, and she went on to live, and she went through treatment, and she actually recovered very well from it, and she was interviewed. But with August Ames, the um, ending was much more tragic, and I think a lot of the reasons why people remember August Ames is because of that... Um, wave of trolls that decided to send her very nasty messages following these controversial comments. Another tweet that August put out was, I don't have anything to apologize for. Apologizing for taking extra steps to ensure that my body stays safe? Fuck you guys attacking me when none of my intentions were malicious. I fucking love the gay community. What the fuck ever. I choose who I have inside my body. No hate. And a bigger response from August Ames than this was, saying that simply she was not homophobic. How could she be homophobic? August Ames was a homosexual herself. She was a bisexual. And if you go over to Pornhub and you just put the name August Ames into their search bar, you will see numerous girl-on-girl -girl scenes that... August Ames has performed. She was a homosexual, and she was also attracted to women, and she talked about this um, after these tweets came out, saying that she was indeed attracted to women. She has nothing but support for the gay community. I'm not really quite sure why her husband, Kevin, would have made that statement that it wasn't about the STIs. It was about just saying that she didn't want to be with someone who wasn't attracted to her, because if you look at this tweet here, it seems very clear that she's saying, I'm trying to take extra steps to ensure that my body stays safe. So that seems like it's more about the um, STI checks, and those are August's words, not her um, widowed husband's. But on that note as well, I would like to 
quote somebody whom I don't respect too much, but he did make a statement on this, and his name is Dr. Drew. I don't watch a lot of Dr. Drew, but I saw a small clip of one of his TV shows once, and he was talking about the porn industry and why are there so many early or untimely deaths or suicides from people who are porn stars, pornographic actors and actresses, or former porn stars. Why does this happen so frequently? And one thing Dr. Drew proposed was that it has to do with the changes in the emotions and mental state, like the extreme highs and lows that a porn star is going to experience. It's, and especially for women, it is going to take a very serious toll on their bodies. And while I don't like Dr. Drew that much, I can definitely see where he's coming from with that. And I think that August Ames had a very negative reaction to that. Now, in the last days of August, they frequently talk about another adult performer who had done a scene with August Ames, and his name was Marcus Dupree. He was originally from Russia, and he did a very rough scene with August Ames to the point where she was borderline traumatized. And it really depends on whom you ask, because they went on to challenge some of her claims. But first to lay it out is just that he was being very rough. She even compared him to John Copenhaver, also known as War Machine, who heavily assaulted and very badly assaulted his girlfriend Christy Mack at the time. I do have an episode about that called War Machine, the assault on Christy Mack, available on this channel for more info. But he was being very rough, he was choking her with her panties, he was doing um, things to her that she was not comfortable with, and the way they described it is, August referred to this as looking at the sound guy with help me eyes, and the sound guy just looked back with I'm sorry eyes. But the discrepancies that they went on to challenge were that August took photos of her, um, bruises that she had received from that scene, and at the beginning of the scene you can see that some of the bruises are actually still present, so not all of them came from that one there, and also that she was complaining that he was so rough that she had to spit on him as a nasty gesture, but during the scene he is this guy, Marcus Dupree, is actually someone who asks August to spit on him, so there are discrepancies with her story, and I don't think there's anything else that anyone needs to say than that. I mean, she's probably caught up in the moment and she is responding to things. It seems like the guy was very rough with her to the point where it was no longer um, even tolerable, like barely tolerable, I'll just say that. And believe it or not, I think that that type of physical abuse that she claims to have experienced during that scene would have created a more traumatic experience for her than the wave of cyberbullying messages that she received, and that perhaps contributed to her uh, mental state declining more so. And I'm glad that I listened to the end of this audiobook, The Last Days of August, because when they were talking about Marcus Dupree a lot, I had no idea who this guy was. I still don't really know anything about him other than he is an adult performer. But I was reminded of somebody else named Rocco Sifredi, and he is a perhaps more well-known porn star. And they actually said later on that uh, Marcus Dupree was a protege of Rocco Sifredi, and he was someone who had made a very, very famous statement. And they even read this off in the last days of August, but I was thinking about it the whole time, when he said that he wanted the female performer, like the person he's doing the scene with, to experience different emotions. He wants to see fear in her eyes, he wants to see surprise, and that's just what I was thinking about. 
the whole time. And then it turns out that's exactly what was happening. So you can see with um, a philosophy like that that the lines can be crossed very, um, very easily. Back when I was in college, one time we just decided to watch porn in the dorm room, like, as a group, and there's um, a whole lot of guys and one girl were sitting around watching porn, and I made a comment about how porn stars do not actually enjoy the sex, or female porn stars do not actually enjoy the sex, and that one girl in the room with, like, seven other guys just watching a porn scene said, What do you mean? I was like, well, I thought it was widely understood that female porn stars do not um, enjoy what they're doing. And that's really not quite um, the answer. Is, is it's, it's not quite that they don't enjoy it. It's that they don't have the same arousing effect that uh, just an ordinary romantic couple would experience. It seems like it is something that is very different, a much more intense but uh, not exactly pleasurable experience. And I think that August Ames was experiencing a lot of that in her career, but many uh, female porn stars talk about how it really hurts their body, that they um, experience a lot of physical pain, but they um, keep on doing this. And that also brings up another question that was asked in the last days of August. Is the porn industry riding off of people who are dealing with mental illnesses, like the reason why someone would choose to go into the pornographic world. Does every porn star have some type of mental instability? Is that why they're choosing to do this work? I can answer that question, no. But here's one that I do think um, requires a little bit of discussion, and it relates to some things involving Freudian psychology. And I know that not everyone is a big believer in this whole Sigmund Freud thing about your mother and your father. But I was, I was actually even just watching a clip from the show Cheers with Kelsey Grammer, and they're referring to Sigmund Freud as superstitious, like they're equating his observations as, with superstitions. But I would like, just want to put this in there because it talks about how the relationships between the parents and the children are the strongest ones. They're the most influential ones on somebody's moral compass, on someone's personality, as well as behavioral development, and also sexuality. Now, I'm not a diehard believer in Sigmund Freud, and I think most people these days aren't diehard believers in Freud, but they find that maybe he was either right about things, or what Jordan Peterson said when he was like, Sigmund Freud was wrong, but he was wrong in an interesting way. So, if you look at how somebody's behavior can be affected by their parents, one thing that is half Freudian, half just my own observations from listening to other people, other psychologists, and other commentators is that if someone is rejecting gentleness, they have a problem with their mother. If someone is rejecting control, they have a problem with their father. And Freud would perhaps more turn to the fact that if someone like a female porn star like Mercedes Grabowski, August Ames, were to choose that line of work, then that was coming from a place of trauma. And this is one of the reasons why people don't like Freud is because many times he would write about how sexuality is degrading to women. I don't even accept that. I think most people in the 21st century do not accept that. But there it is all the same, that saying that if a woman is going to go into 
pornography, then she has experienced some form of trauma in her life, and particularly a lack of bonding with her father. Because they brought up a story about August Ames in uh, The Last Days of August, talking about how when she was 15, somebody offered her a line of cocaine in exchange for taking off her clothes, and she did it. Now, many people would perhaps refuse that. I mean, many 15-year-olds would just be like, no, and they would probably maybe even run away. Maybe they would even be terrified of the person. But with August Ames, she went through that, and I mean, that is definitely also something that contributes to emotional abuse, because it's forcing a child to grow up too fast, and let alone exchanging your sexuality for drugs, nonetheless, not even money, but drugs, that also can, that creates a form of emotional abuse in the brain all the same. So you'd have to expect, though, that somewhere, some way, somehow in August's life that she did experience certain forms of trauma, emotional abuse, and it's not even because she was a porn star, it's because she ended up committing suicide at the age of 23. Now, many times in the last days of August, they brought up the question, did August act alone? And this almost turns into forms of conspiracy theories. It, did this woman actually commit suicide on her own? Did she have an accomplice? Or was she murdered? And was was this staged as a suicide? And one reason why people believe that is, as I said, prior to August's death, a storm was approaching. They had 50-mile-an-hour winds, and someone is going to hang themselves from a tree. And also, some people thought that August might not have even had the knowledge to tie the slipknot that was used in in the noose that she had uh, created, allegedly created. Um, however, the coroner, or I should say pathologist rather, did determine it does appear that it was a suicide from hanging, no signs of a struggle, no external signs of an accomplice. And I've also talked a lot about conspiracy theories on this channel, and I believe that this relates to something about conspiracy theories that people will not want to hear, but sometimes you have to share the bitter pills all the same, and that is that bad things happen. And sometimes people do not accept it when bad things happen. The death of August Ames is an absolute tragedy, but it is something that maybe people can't accept that just this young, attractive woman committed suicide. They know there has to be a different reason. And this is how people start coming up with these conspiracy theory-like explanations. There has to be a different reason. They can't just accept the simple, sad, depressing truth that she committed suicide because of certain aspects of mental instability and trauma in her life that she uh, had not dealt with. And, and I don't fault her at all, believe it or not. Even though she did commit suicide, I don't fault her. I mean, I would fault anyone around her who had a stronger sense of uh, mental awareness and stronger sense of mental health and allowed um, allowed certain behaviors to be acceptable or they turned a blind eye to the warning signs. And while I don't have um, August's uh, testimony on this, and nobody does, I'm also reminded of a different book underneath it all, which was written by Tracy Lords, who was talking about her experience in the adult film industry. And Tracy Lords also appeared on Larry King Live to give her life story. 
and so on, and she said that when she was growing up, she had been abused, like starting out at the age of 10, she was um, sexually assaulted by a 16-year-old, and then throughout her preteen years, she's acting out in an indirect way because she is still a child and she's not directly saying everything. She didn't even realize it at the time, but she wanted to, you know, wear very short skirts and try to address very provocatively and act very provocatively, and as of as opposed to just flat out telling people, hey, something's wrong, something bad has happened to me, she's acting out that way because she wanted someone to say, hey, is everything all right? But nobody did. And I would expect that there were very similar moments in the life of August Ames because August Ames committed suicide at the age of 23, whereas Tracy Lords and many other adult performers uh, do not. So I'm pretty sure that there must have been some type of warning sign or some type of way in which August was expressing herself indirectly and some people either didn't comprehend it, they turned a blind eye to it, they were not aware of her types of expression because ever since I heard that um, interview with Tracy Lords, I've been noticing that more and more in the true crime world, that when you're hearing these stories about people are saying, oh no, he was fine, he didn't ever show any... Um, warning signs of anything. He always seemed like he was having a good time. I mean, he was always complaining about being upset about this, and he was angry about that, and he didn't like his situation with that. Hey, wait. And then you can see that people are expressing themselves very indirectly, especially with someone who is going to be a child or a teenager, and as I said, Tracy Lord's age 10, but August Ames 15 when she is going to, um, have that uh, uh, life-changing experience when um, she took off her clothes in exchange for a line of cocaine. So in regards to um, whether or not there is any type of pre-existing mental condition, maybe she did have bipolar disorder, but I would almost certainly expect that there was a lack of bonding with her father. And maybe yes, maybe no, because as I said, how how can you truly measure Sigmund Freud's observations, but if anything, it seems like that when you actually go through observing human behavior, some of these things that Freud came up with turned out turn out to be more often than not occurring, like they're actually happening. And to help us out with uh, this episode here, I'm going to go over to an article from the New York Daily News that was written by Rachel DeSantis talking about the death of August Ames. Born star August Ames, a rising star in the adult film industry, reportedly died Tuesday, as I said this was December 5th of 2017. She was 23 years old. The Ventura County Medical Examiner's Office confirmed her death to a website called The Blast. The outlet reports that the cause of her death is currently unknown, but friends suspect that it was suicide as Ames was prone to depression. Law enforcement sources said she was pronounced dead at the scene and there was no indication of foul play. She was the kindest person I ever knew, and she meant the world to me, her husband, director Kevin Moore, told the industry trade magazine AVN, that's adult video news, which was reported the news first of her death. Please leave this as a private family matter in this difficult time. August Ames was born Mercedes Grabowski in Nova Scotia, Canada in 1994, and worked in a bar and a tanning salon before joining the adult film industry in 2013. 
Now, Olga's name was cremated, and her ashes were scattered on a lake by her family, but they also made a headstone like for her that was in the cemetery facing that lake, and it even referred to her as a mermaid, which I can only expect was an inside family uh, story or nickname, so on. But I'll continue with this article, New York Daily News. Throughout her four years in the business, she appeared in more than 270 X-rated films for companies like Evil Angel, Smash Pictures, and Lethal Hardcore. Her popularity had risen steadily since she nabbed a nomination for Best New Starlet at the 2015 AVN Awards. She scored a nomination for Female Performer of the Year in 2016-17 in the upcoming 2018 awards, set for January. By the way, one of the graphics that you see here is... um. August Ames, and she has been, um, it has been reworked by people after her death as, um, a tribute, more or less, and it says, fuck y'all, but I believe that means that it was, um, almost a form of protest stating that she has the right to do whatever she wants with her body, her body, her choice, and so on, but I think there are multiple meanings in that, and the, uh, the skull that has been caricatured onto her face is meant to represent post-mortem. Ames' Twitter feed was littered in recent days with cyberbullies accusing her of being homophobic after she publicly chose not to do work with an actor who had previously shot gay porn. Whichever lady performers replacing me for tomorrow at Erotica X News, you're shooting with a guy who has shot gay porn in the past. Just to let you know, BS is all I can say. Do agents really not care about who they're representing? I do my homework. For my body. And shortly after posting the tweet, Ames was forced to defend herself against a flood of online harassers. And while I do think that really contributed to um, her uh, declining mental state, I don't think that that could be the sole reason because, as I said, pre existing mental condition. But to expand upon that point, there also is the concept of safety. And especially for people who are high in trait neuroticism, safety, security are going to be things that they're going to value. But with anybody, just imagine that people have certain activities that bring them a sense of comfort. People have certain places that they view are forms of refuge. And this can be even the world of computers, the world of the internet, the world of smartphones. And it is very devastating to us sometimes when this place that you go to that you believe is safe suddenly starts attacking you. That can cause a very um, devastating effect for many people. And, I mean, imagine if you're just posting on Twitter because it feels like your refuge. You think that it is a safe place where that you can express ideas freely, and then you get a barrage of online harassers. Well, that actually creates a much more intense negative effect than if she were to just to say it out loud to a group of strangers whom she didn't know well in a place she wasn't familiar with. Just shout it out at the bar down the street that you've never been to before. And if they were to say, get out, that would have had a less devastating effect. I mean, maybe, maybe. These things are, of course, very, very interpretive. But um, I also uh, need to go back to the beginning of this New York Daily News article here, which talked about how the cause of death was not known at the time, but very clearly August Ames passed away from suicide from hanging. But in the last days of August, they did read off 
her toxicology report, and um, that was um, it was actually done by the medical examiner. She was the one who read it, and what they said was that she had a toxic level of alprazolam in her system. I had no idea what that was, so I had to Google it. And alprazolam is commonly known as Xanax, Xanax XR, Intensol, or just simply known as Xanax. It is a sedative, and it can treat anxiety and a panic, and panic disorders. It is a controlled substance, and it can cause paranoid or suicidal ideation and impair memory judgment and coordination. Combined with other substances, particularly alcohol, this can slow breathing and possibly lead to death. And, um, okay, I mean, I, I'm sure you guys know what Xanax is. I just wanted to read that off there. One point that was mentioned by the doctor who read the toxicology report in the last days of August was that she believed that August ingested a large amount of Xanax because her Xanax levels would have been toxic, meaning she would, she ingested way too much for any form of therapy, like anything to do with the prescription. And she thought that she may have been trying to commit suicide by ingesting this alprazolam, but it wasn't happening fast enough. So that's why she resorted to hanging in such um, bizarre conditions, inclement weather. And Sometimes people want to put a large amount of distance between their loved ones and the place where they're going to commit suicide. Numerous missing persons cases could simply be solved by this exact answer. They could be solved by knowing that someone committed suicide because they, and they didn't want their relatives to find them because they didn't want them to have that horrific moment when they found their dead body. And perhaps something like that was halfway going on with August Ames, and she wanted to put a large amount of distance between her husband and herself. People are just um, guessing at this point, but um, it does appear that all the sources are saying that there are no signs of a struggle, there are no signs of accomplice, there are no signs of anybody who is doing anything to assist August Ames in her, sui in her suicide, yes. But also that she had ingested so much Xanax, she probably was trying very hard to end her own life, and she wanted it done quickly. When people ingest um, large amounts of drugs, that can often be viewed as what is known as the cry for help. They say that men commit suicide more frequently than women, but women attempt suicide more frequently than men, because the suicide attempts that were done by women are often things that are viewed as the cry for help category, something that is, it's not even a genuine attempt at suicide, it's rather someone is trying to raise awareness of their, um, of the trauma that they're experiencing in an indirect way, the exactly same those things as we said before, instead of uh, simply talking about it, they're trying to raise awareness in this indirect way, and doing something like ingesting a large amount of Xanax, that could be that could be the indirect way, but a very, very more definitive way to end her life was tying the slipknot and hanging herself from a tree. It is a real tragedy, but the moral of this story is that mental health conditions are real. And the answer for August Ames was not suicide. It was for the people around her to have um been aware of the warning signs and get her 
and gotten her into treatment so that she could have dealt with whatever issue that was bothering her. I do believe that Olga's experienced an enormous amount of emotional abuse in her life prior to the online harassers, prior to the online trolls. They're just the ones who are getting the forefront of the blame because not not only are they an easy scapegoat, but also they did some very bad things. I mean, any type of bullying, I have to absolutely condemn that, even if it is simply responding to someone who has made a comment like this that they didn't like. And instead, I do 100% agree with August Ames that she was not homophobic. She was a homosexual herself. And she also, she openly said in her own tweet that she loved the gay community. I think that this is a tale of tragedy, but it's also a tale of pre-existing mental conditions that were left untreated and ignored by not only not only one person or two people, but by many people. And to conclude this um, episode here, I would like to turn to something that was mentioned in the last uh, days of August, and somebody was calling out John Ronson, someone who's interviewed for the audiobook, and they said very clearly that you're exploiting her death, you're just trying to get your story, you're just trying to take advantage of this tragedy so you can put something out there, and is that what's happening? Now, you might know what I'm going to say, but I often turn to an interview that was featured on the channel SBSK when someone was asked about that and said, do you ever feel exploited about doing interviews? I mean, someone with a uh, mental condition. That was the episode uh, interview with a schizoaffective. And he said, you do the best you can to the people out there who are covering stories of tragedy or stories of someone else's personal loss or someone else who is in a vulnerable position you do the best you can because as human beings we do desire the truth and we do want to learn about the truth and we do want to connect with other people and we want to connect with people like august ames mercedes Gravowski, even though she's no longer here on earth but we also want to understand why these tragedies happen and be aware of that, and that allows us to have a greater understanding of not only how humanity functions, but how society and civilization function. So there are reasons why people like John Ronson, you know, create things such as the last days of August. Yes, some people create works for profit. Yes, there are bad actors out there who will try and exploit a tragedy purely for their own selfishness. I do not believe for a second, I repeat, do not believe that John Ronson did anything that was unfair or exploitative to August Ames. If anything, I think he gave a fair, imbalanced presentation on the subject simply to try and get the truth. So you do the best you can, even at certain moments here on Black Box Online Radio. I think that maybe I've crossed lines, but and I've done something that was inappropriate, but you learn from that and you try to move on. And if you would like to go back to listen to that episode, The Suicide of August Ames, that is available here on Black Box Online Radio, I would encourage you to do that. I would, I would heavily, heavily request that you listen to that to hear the contrast. And a link to that will be included here, the, the Suicide of August Ames. But there's another reason why I want to do that. I want you to listen to that one. That is perhaps the clearest example on this channel of when I did a crash course 
in a subject, and then I decided to talk about it. I read several news articles, and I was ready to record. Normally, I spend like an entire day engrossing myself and engulfing myself into a subject before I do a recording like this. Or this one, I, over the course of many days, going through John Ronson's audiobook, but with that one, I read several news articles and I was ready to go, mostly because I wanted to defend August Ames' stance on calling out this, um, this unsafe practice in the gay porn industry and saying, hey, she's just identifying something that she thinks is unsafe in regards to how they forego STI checks if the use of protection is present. Well, I mean, I didn't think that was an outrageous statement, but she presented it in an outrageous way, and even if... Even if um, there are some disputes from her husband about that, I would more or less explore that idea in The Suicide of August Ames, but you can really hear the contrast between this episode and that one, so there's a link to that one that is included here, and another uh, big rest in peace to Mercedes Grabowski, August Ames. Um, she did not uh, need to end her life like this, and it's a tragedy that she's no longer with us, and also rest in peace to everyone who has um, had an untimely death from the adult entertainment industry, as we said, it happens many a time, and I hope that we will be living in a world that is more welcoming. All right, well, that is all for me now. If you would like to uh, talk about anything in relation to the death of August Ames, her life, her career, as well as the audiobook, The Last Days of August by John Ronson, I also saw that uh, John Ronson's book, The Psychopath Test, is available on YouTube for free, if anyone is curious about that. I also highly recommend his TED Talk, Strange Answers to the Psychopath Test, if you haven't heard it before. And please look out next week for my five-part series on the Long Island serial killer. There will be a lot of things coming out. And anybody can write the show at blackboxonlineradio at aol.com, blackboxnid88 on Instagram, and I will see you over there for the bonus podcast. Until next time.